Hello, this is Gene Wilhelm, and today we'll be studying the 32nd Sunday in Ordinary Time for Cycle A. That's November 8th, 2020. There's a great difference between being a wise guy and being wise. The wise guy does not take life seriously, whereas the wise person does. Being serious does not mean being dour. Rather, it means being focused on what is important and searching for the truth, both temporal and eternal. The readings that we'll study this week call for us to be wise in our search for eternal life. An eternal life is the destiny for which God created us. God gives us all the other things in our lives to assist us in achieving his end for us. Learn to use these things as God intends them to be used. Let us not be discouraged when we don't see the progress toward wisdom and eternal life that we think should be. God's timing is not our own. God never delays. Let's begin with the first reading, from, and it's from the Book of Wisdom. This is one of the Deuterocanonical books that uh, we don't really have a lot of Hebrew for, so it, uh, when you look at it, it's in Greek. And this is Wisdom, chapter 6, verses 12 through 16. It begins, resplendent and unfading is wisdom. Now, wisdom is a Greek word that is sophia, which means... Uh, just means wisdom. So if you know a woman whose name is Sophia or Sophie, her name means wisdom. Now, there are a couple of scriptures that we need to look at here. Uh, When we look at this, uh, that help us understand what the Old Testament said about wisdom. One is Proverbs 8.11, which says, For wisdom is more precious than goo, Pardon me. Wisdom is no more precious than jewels, and nothing else is worthy of desire. And then also in Sirach 6.27, it says, Search for her, meaning wisdom. Track her down. She will reveal herself. Once you hold on to her, do not let go. So wisdom is there, and it's available for us, but we need to look for it. And it it's very difficult for us to do sometimes. And, and Jesus himself uh, tells us that we need to, to go in search of things. Remember in Matthew 7, 7 to 11, God 7, 11, it says, ask and you it will be given to you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who searches finds. Everyone who knocks will have the door open. Is there any among you who'd hand his son a stone when he asked for bread or would hand him a snake when he asked for fish. If you then, evil as you are, know how to give your children what is good, how much more will your Father in heaven give those good things to you who ask him? God's going to give us the wisdom if we ask him, and we ask him sincerely. So we take a look at that, and it says, goes on, it says, and she is ready to be perceived by those who love her and found by those who seek her. She hastens to make herself known in anticipation of their desire, for he shall find her sitting at the gate. Now, let's look at uh, Sirach 39, verse 5. It says, At dawn, and with all his heart, he turns to the Lord, his Creator. He pleads in the presence of the Most High. He opens his mouth in prayer and makes entreaty for his sins. We are to do that all the days of our life and all day. For taking her, for taking thought of wisdom is perfection and prudence. Do you want to be perfect? Do you want to be prudent? Look for wisdom. Live in wisdom. 
and whoever for her sake keeps vigil shall quickly be free from care. You, you, you know, Jesus tells us that in uh, Matthew 6, I think it's verse 25, have no anxiety about anything. So if you are anxious, maybe what you really need is some wisdom so that you know what to focus on. And so God goes on to tell us down at the very end, it says that because he makes her own, because she makes her own ride, seeking those worthy of her and graciously appears to them in the ways and ways, which is God's ways, the pathway that we were supposed to be walking and meets them with all solicitude. Wisdom wants to give us everything that we need. Now, that's very interesting. And so what, what we're going to do when we look at the gospel, which we're going to do next, is that uh, we're going to see what it, another talk about wisdom. And we've been having several gospels here. These gospels, the last few Sundays of the, of the uh, uh, liturgical year, all focus on death and the final judgment. And uh, even the... Uh, the readings that we did this last week from uh, the Feast of All Saints do the basically the same thing. So let's take a look at the gospel. And this is Matthew 25, 1 to 13. Again, this is this Jesus is doing all this during Holy Week. That's what we've been seeing. Now, the there's a companion for this that uh, this is the parable of the of the ten uh, virgins and with the oil in their lamps, those that had it and those that didn't. So, but in Luke 12, 35 to 39, there's a parallel to this. It's, it, the story goes a little bit differently. And this, I'm going to read from the RSV 2 CE, which is the second Catholic edition of the RSV. It says, let your loins be gird and your lamps burning and be like men who are waiting for their master to come home from the marriage feast so that they may be open to him at once. He comes and knocks. Blessed are those servants whom the master finds awake when he comes. Truly, I say to you, he will put on his apron and have them sit at table, and he will come and serve them. If he comes in the second watch or in the third, and he finds them so, blessed are those servants. But know this, that if the householder had known at what time the thief had been coming, he would have been awake and would have not left his house broken into. So again, it's it's talking about the wedding feast, and and again the the uh, the house the householder the, the the person that's gone is God Himself, God the Father. Now let's take a look at this, and you've also got another companion in Mark chapter thirteen, verses thirty three to thirty seven, but we're not going to read that one today. It says the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins. Now the virgins here just really means a young unmarried woman. Uh, who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Uh, if you look at some of the commentators, the what Jesus is talking about here is a practice that uh, may or may not have really happened uh, during Jesus' time, but he's using this for the sake of a parable, of telling a story to tell something that goes beyond that. So he, there are ten virgins. Now, ten again is a number. Uh, if you look in the in, in look at it, the, you know your perfect numbers are three, seven, and twelve. Three because it's the number of God. Seven because it's the number of perfection, and twelve because of the twelve tribes of Israel. Ten. Now those are things that God has chosen. 
Ten, on the other hand, is talking is more on a human level. So we've got 10, 10 young women here. Uh, and so the number tells us that something is not quite totally perfect here. Uh, five of them were foolish and five were wise. Five. So half of them are foolish. Now, why are, and half of them are wise. And you, you wonder about that. I thought God wanted everybody to be saved. So if, if this is talking about eternal life and salvation, why is this story saying that half of them aren't going to make it? Well, let's take a look at that. The foolish ones, when taking their lamps, brought no oil with them. Now, let's go back. And foolish is basically means <clears throat> stupid or dull, whereas the 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 wise ones again, we're talking about their Sophias. They are wise. The foolish ones, when taking their lamps, brought no oil with them. Uh, so what is that telling us? What that is telling us is that they didn't they didn't think ahead. They didn't do the things that they should be doing in case there was a delay. Uh, now let's this foolish and wise, we can look at another thing that Jesus said back uh, also in Jap, uh, Matthew chapter 7. That's Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 to 27. He says, Therefore, everyone who listens to these words of mine and acts on them will be like a sensible man, a wise man, who built his house on rock. Rain came down, floods rose, gales blew, and hurled themselves against that house, and it did not fall. It was founded on rock. But everyone who listened to these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a stupid man, a foolish man, who built his house on sand. Rain came down, floods rose, gales blew, and struck that house, and it fell, and what a fall it had. So Jesus has talked about the wise and the foolish very early in his in his uh, ministry when he t- gave us this principle of the man who built his house on the rock. And of course, the rock is, uh, later on we'll see, is Peter, and he is the rock of the church. So if we build ourselves on the rock that Jesus has given us, then we will be in good shape. But it says, but the wise brought flasks of oil with their lamps. Flasks of oil. Now, that is... Uh, why oil? Well, they used oil at that time to, to light things. So they brought the oil in case they needed the oil. Their lamps may have been filled with oil when they left the house or wherever they were coming from to meet the bridegroom, but they brought extra oil just in case they needed it. These five wise virgins, virgins the five foolish virgins, did not bring extra oil. They just figured it's all going to happen in my time rather than in whatever the time is of the bridegroom. So it's it's interesting. Since the bridegroom was long delayed, the bridegroom didn't come when they expected him to. They all became drowsy and fell asleep. Now, fell asleep here is a euphemism in that culture. And we'll when we read the uh, second reading, we'll see it again for dying. And so Jesus is saying, some of you are going to die. And uh, so we look at that and we, we see that it's not all exactly like we thought it was going to be. And 
you you know we don't have it we don't have it like we want it again if we if we look about in the parable of the uh, talents in Matthew 25 19 it talks about the, the the household or the master of the house coming home and it says now a long time afterwards the master of the those servants came back and went through accounts with them so Jesus it's what Jesus is telling us is that that he's going to delay longer than people think it sh- should be to come back and he's going he is going to settle accounts with us at that not only at the general judgment but at our particular judgment so it's interesting that, that that's being talked about here the the thing that we need to understand is that we have to do it in God's time rather than our own uh, I missed some stuff here so I, I, but I'm going to do from memory one of the scriptures that so so sticks so in my mind is that uh, Isaiah chapter 60 verse 22 the last stanza in that ver- or the last line in that verse and it is in the Jerusalem Bible it says in due time I will act with speed and I believe in the uh, uh, RSV uh, Catholic second Catholic edition it says something uh, to the effect that when the time is right I will act with speed so we looked have to look at God's time Oh, there, I've got it. The time is right. I shall quickly bring it about. That's the way it says it. Okay. But we want things done in our time, and we don't understand when God delays. Peter tells us in 2 Peter 3, 8 through 10, the first half of verse 10, but do not ignore this fact, one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. God's t- God is at eternity. God's time is not anything like our time. The Lord is not slow about his promise as some count slowness. So if God doesn't do it in the time frame that we think he should, it's not because God is slow. It's because we want God to work faster than what God's plan is, but is forbearing toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. So when he comes, he's going to come quickly. And so we don't we don't always understand what God is about doing when He's there. So we 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 have to to look at things from God's perspective. And when we when we do that, we understand a little bit better what God is saying. We have to we have to get out of the the, the thought that the way we think is the way things ought to be. No, the way God thinks is the way things ought to be says, at about midnight, there was a cry, behold, the bridegroom, come to meet him. Now, we're going to hear that call at the time of our death, and we're going to hear that call at the time of the, his Jesus' second coming. Then all those virgins got up, virgins got up and trimmed their lamps. Now, that's, this is interesting, too. You trim the lamp to get rid of all the stuff that's burned so that the lamp burns more evenly. And because there's there's stuff on there that doesn't allow for the the fire to burn correctly. So you you get rid of the things in your life that are not good, okay? The foolish, 
and all those virgins got up and trimmed their lamp. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. Now, why would you want to do that? Why would you want to do that? And what is the light that they've got? If you look at Matthew 5, 14 and 16, it says, You are a light for the world. A city built on a hilltop cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a tub. They put it on the lampstand where it shines for everyone in the house. In the same way, your light must shine in people's sight so that they may see, so that seeing your good works, they may give praise to your Father in heaven. Which would seem to indicate that this light, this lamp that they're going out to meet Jesus, beat the master with, the, the, the bridegroom, to meet Jesus, is the lamp of their good works. So again, it's not just sit around and do your thing and, and, and do that and everything's going to be fine because that's, even Jesus tells us that in Matthew seven twenty one to 23, it is not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, who will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the person who does the will of my father in heaven. When the day comes, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, drive out demons in your name, work many miracles in your name? Then I shall say to them, to their faces, I have never known you. Away from me, you evildoers. We have to be ready to do what God wants us to do in God's time. God gives us everything that we need. He gives us the information. He gives us the ability. We just have to appropriate them. We have to be wise and pick up. The, the virgins probably were given the oil that they needed for the lamp, and some of them just didn't take it with them. The foolish ones said to the wise, give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. They suddenly realized that they hadn't prepared properly. But the wise ones replied, now think, think of this. This isn't unkind. This is wisdom that they're speaking. No, for there may not be enough for us and you. We can't, we can't be what the means of salvation for others. We can't make them have lights that shine in their life. It's up to them. We, we can't diminish our life to do that. Unless God has specifically told you that you're supposed to be an encouragement to somebody, you're not to do that. And they said, go to, you know, instead to the merchants and buy some for yourselves. So <clears throat> these foolish virgins virgins had to go off and do something else at that time. While they were, while they went off to buy it, the bridegroom came. They missed out because they weren't ready. They missed out because they had to go do this last minute thing. They were waiting for their deathbed conversion and somehow or other they died before they had an opportunity to do their God, their deathbed conversion. And those who were ready went into the wedding feast with him. Again, remember what we had on, on uh, when we were reading from the book of Revelation, the wedding feast of the Lamb is what the book of Revelation is all about. And so they were ready to go in. They had their white garments, unlike the man that in the, in the parable of the wedding feast that wasn't prepared. He wasn't prepared either. Same way as these virgins, these five virgins, foolish virgins were not ready. And it says the door, then the door was locked. Uh, 
Again, what afterwards the other virgins came and said, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. Open the door for us. And what did he tell them? Nope, it's not going to happen. But his reply was, he said in reply, Amen, I say to you, I do not know you. Remember, it's at 721, Matthew 721. Therefore, stay awake, for you know neither the day nor the hour. Now, let's take a look at some of this in a different way. God tells us what we need to do. Let's look again at Matthew 7. There's a lot in Matthew 7. Matthew 7, 13 and 14 says, Enter by the narrow gate, since the road that leads to destruction is wide and spacious, and many take it. But it is a narrow gate. It is a narrow gate and hard that road that leads to life, and only few will find it. So what, it, what does that mean to us? Well, we, we, it's telling us what Peter tells us in 1 Peter 5, 8. Be sober and alert, or keep sober and alert, because your enemy, the devil, is on the prowl like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. If we're not alert to the signs of God, if we're not alert to the word of God, if we're not listening to God's word and obedient to it, we're going to fall along the wayside somewhere. So that's important. Now, in 1 Thessalonians 5, 6, which is going to come after the section that we're going to read today, we should not go on sleeping as everyone else does, but stay awake and sober. So be alert. Know what's going on. And so that's that's very important. Let's look at the second reading. This is from 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 to 18. And it says, do, we do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, about those who have fallen asleep. And I'm going to read you from the New Jerusalem Bible, verse uh, 1 Thessalonians 4, uh, um, note G. It says, literally, we do not wish you to be ignorant concerning the sleeping. The euphemism was common in the Old Testament and New Testament and in Greek literature. The natural concomitant was to call the resurrection, the new life, or from death, an awakening. So there, there we have it. And then there's another verse here, and we're going to read Romans. When we get down there, we'll read Romans 8, and we'll, we'll look at the note. Well, there's an, let's look. Oh, let's go ahead. For some believe, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose, so too will God, through Jesus, bring with him those who have fallen asleep. So if you die before the second coming, and this was a big concern about from the people in Thessalonica, they were concerned that if you died before Jesus came back, you weren't going to be saved. And Paul is telling them that you are going to be saved. So it's, it's important that we understand that, that whether you die before the second coming or whether you're alive at the second coming, you you got an equal chance. It all depends upon how you're living your life at the time that that event happens that, that catches you. So, so that you may not grieve like the rest who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus rose from the dead. You, to, to, so too will God, through Jesus Christ, bring all those who have fallen asleep. Indeed, we tell you this on the word of the Lord. Now, where did Jesus tell us that? Well, if, if you look in Romans 8, and I'm only going to read verse 11, it says, If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead has made his home in you, then he who raised Jesus from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies 
through his spirit living in you. And the, the note on that in the New Jerusalem Bible says this, the resurrection of Christians is intimately dependent upon on that of Christ. And it gives a number of references. It is by this, the same power and the same gift of the spirit that the father will raise them to life in their turn. This operation is already being prepared, a new life, making Christians into sons in the likeness of the son himself. And they are being incorporated into the risen Christ by faith. And there are a lot of scriptural references for that. Now, so what does that mean? What does that mean to us? Indeed, I tell you this on the word of the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord will surely not precede those who have fallen asleep. So if you, if you look at some of these, some other references, which I don't have here, it's the dead will rise and go first and we'll follow them. And it's not a situation where uh, anybody's going to escape what's going to come, but it's going to happen. There's only one second coming, not two, not one where people can escape, but there's only one second coming where the dead will rise first and then those, those who are alive. For the Lord himself, with a word and command, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God will come down from heaven and the dead will rise first. Then the, we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet him, meet the Lord in the air. Thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, console one another with these words. We're supposed to be helping each other get this taken care of. Now, we, if you look, we've got just a couple of minutes here for the responsorial psalm. And the responsorial psalm, the verse that sticks in my mind on this, for you, my flesh pines and my soul thirsts. That's, that's uh, a version of that is what the response is. Do we thirst for God? Do we thirst for his ways? Do you, we want to do all things in the way that he wants us to do them? Now, that's about all the time we have for today. And just remember, if being prepared for the particular and general judgments were impossible, God would not call us to do it, to be ready. The church has given us these readings as an encouragement and a roadmap to arrive at judgment and hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Thank you so much for being with me today. I really appreciate it. Uh, I hope that this has been a benefit to you. And I'm sorry it's a little late this week, but uh, things popped up where I didn't be able to get it done when I wanted to. God bless you all.